Hey Logo Geeks, Ian Padgett here and on this week's podcast I'm chatting with Mark Hirons to discover how he fulfilled his dream of working as a designer for a Premier League football club. But before we dive into Mark's story, I want to give a shout out to FreshBooks who have sponsored this podcast. How awkward is it to ask your clients, have you seen my invoice? It's really cringeworthy, but when you send your invoices through FreshBooks, which is a cloud-based accounting software, you'll find out when your clients opened their invoices, if at all. And then if your client hasn't paid, it will send automatic follow-up emails for you too. If you want to try FreshBooks out for yourself, I'm offering listeners a free 30-day trial, no credit card required. All you need to do is head to freshbooks.com forward slash logogeek and enter logogeek in how did you hear about us section. So this week, I've invited Mark Hirons on the podcast. I first met Mark through Twitter around five years ago or so now when he was still at school. He just started a design podcast on his own and kindly invited me on as a guest. Since then, we became friends. We've met up a few times in person and I've watched him progress in his design career. He's worked really hard and doesn't stop because I know he absolutely loves what he does. His podcast alone, which has also become a live event known as Creative Waffle, has over 172 episodes. And at the age of only 22, he's already interviewed most of the world's biggest names in the design space. I mean, this includes Draplin, Sagmeister and Paula Scher, to name only a few. It's watching Mark that inspired me to start the Logo Geek podcast. Mark made me think to myself, you know, if Mark can do this, I can do this too. And I believe that if you follow Mark, you very likely feel the same way about a lot of the stuff that he does. But the main reason I wanted to chat with Mark today is because he had a massive dream to one day work as a designer for a Premier League football club. Being a massive football fan, he didn't just want to work for any club. He dreamed to work as the designer for one of the biggest clubs in the world. It's a massive goal and it's one that's so big, most of us wouldn't even think it was physically possible to achieve. But I'm super proud of Mark. Over the years, he's been putting out content on a weekly basis. He's also been talking with and learning from as many designers as he can. And over the past year, I've seen him make some changes to his approach. He went from putting out content about all areas of design to sports-related content. He also went from designing for anyone to designing things for local sports clubs and starting self-initiated personal projects that would show off his passion and love for football. He started talking about the work he enjoyed and showing off the type of work he wanted to do all related to his passion of football. And you know what? That hard work has paid off. Mark made the impossible possible. A few months back, Mark started working as a designer for one of the biggest football clubs in the world, fulfilling his massive dream to become a graphic designer for a Premier League football club. This is an inspiring story for young designers just starting out, but I know it will also inspire and motivate designers of all ages, reminding us that big dreams are worth having. And if you work hard and aim high, you really can achieve anything. So this is a reminder to keep going because whatever you want to do in your career, it is possible if you keep working towards it. Mark's very humble, honest and genuine, so I hope you'll enjoy this chat with a young designer that I know will go very far in his career. So let's get into this. Here is the interview with Mark Hirons. As you know, we're both goal setters and I know one of your big goals has always been to work for a major sports club and... I think it's super amazing, Mark, that you've actually reached that goal now. So as an opening question for the audience, how did you go about working out what that goal was originally? 
Yeah, it's a big question, right? Uh, every young designer's uh, plan is just—you you don't really know what to to do when you start now. And um, yeah, I think I think it's, it comes back to what what I love and uh, what I really want to do with um, not just you know, not just uh, design in my career in design, but what I, what I want to be around all the time as well as football. And uh, if you can find if you, if you can find something that you really really love and you, and you want to merge it with uh, your career. That's that's like the ultimate goal because then you don't really find that the working day uh, is too stressful and, and well it can be but it's you don't find it you know, as hard as as say you're doing a job you don't like um, and that was I mean that's always been sort of a goal is to find something that I've, I love doing and always wanted to do and um, I've always had that in the back of my mind since since starting out really uh, and sports sports design and graphic design in sports is sort of, sort of natural route I've always played football and uh, and yeah it's it's been it's been uh, yeah pretty natural route really just finding something that I love to do and, and mixing my two passions with design and sports. Yeah, one thing I would say I think it's really cool that you you set a goal that I, I guess um, to most people they would think oh that's not possible I can't possibly end up working as a graphic designer for a major sports club. You've done it, Mark, yeah. and uh, it's it, it's awesome. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I guess to, to uh, talk about goal setting uh, more, I've been following you and, and watching what you've been doing for quite a few years now. You know, since we first met, we've been friends for a, a, quite a few years now. And there was a point where I noticed, uh, I guess, with everything that you're doing, you know, your podcast, your work, um, everything that you'd be doing, I, I guess you've been doing a little bit of everything so um you know learning as much as you can about graphic design uh any client that came to you said yes but then in the last 12 months something changed <laughs> you suddenly started um like with your podcast you pivoted from uh doing just generic graphic design related stuff to creating sports type graphic design mm-hmm. uh content and uh the, the 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 same with the work that you started to present on your website i noticed that you know you went from just general graphic design to doing sport based stuff what what was that change i mean what what triggered in you because i i know you've had this goal for years mm. but some something happened in, in the last 12 months that changed your mindset what what was that what what was that um thing that clicked that switch for you to um change your strategy i guess yeah i guess i got a bit fed up with doing this work for people that i'm not too fussed about <laughs> um in a, in a really like not appreciative way that sounds so bad saying that <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's sort of true i mean i just um yeah i've been, I've been doing i mean the first started out doing a, a cricket magazine so i've always done sports design and sports stuff and i think i just yeah. had enough of doing like small business logos and um, and as much money as it as it did bring in and it helped me a lot like learning and um, and developing my skills it was great to try and focus in on something and um to be honest i didn't, I didn't expect this to all happen so quickly uh like you say i've only been doing the sports design probably for about a year like really just focusing on that and um i mean i've always i've always done a little bits of it but only solely focusing on that for about a year and it just shows how how if you do put a lot of effort into something and how how you can focus all your energy into something or a specific area of, of design and you really want to try and get to certain places and you put enough effort in that you will get there and uh, it might even come sooner than you think. So it's, yeah, it's been an amazing, amazing few, few months. And, uh, the trigger, I go back to your question, the trigger of it. Yeah. Just, just again, going back to the, the passion and for really finding something you love to do and, uh, and wanting to do that rather than anything else. Yeah. I, I was wondering if, um, like online on podcasts like everywhere all over the internet in the graphic design space everyone is talking about niching down mm. i was wondering if it was something to do with that that maybe triggered you to start focusing more so it wasn't anything yeah. to do with that it was just more you was focusing more on what you, what interested you no it, it probably was a bit of that as well it sounds like a good excuse to to, to <laughs> leave off the stuff i don't really want to do i mean i don't i'm not sure i even I, I'm not sure I'll give it out as advice either for young creatives and young designers is to, to niche down. I'm not even sure that's a good idea for um, people starting out. I mean, depends how focused you are, I guess, how, how much uh, effort you're willing to put into it. Um, 
because if you you know if you're not putting enough effort into it then you won't get enough work because it's such a small such a small area <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. but yeah I don't know, it, yeah it's interesting well, i think that definitely impacted it a little bit yeah yeah well i I, th- I think the way that you started was the the right way to do it and it's the way that i've done my work as well like you you start off as a graphic designer learning everything doing a little bit of everything mm. working with lots of different clients um and then you find an area that you particularly enjoy and that you want to focus on so um you know when when people talk about niching down a lot of people think you need to work that out from the beginning but i think you've done it the 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 natural way which is the way um people that i know that are really successful within a niche that's how they ended up niching down and you've you've kind of taken that that route that you started off doing a little bit of everything and like a small part of your work because it interested you was sports based and then obviously you've been able to hone down on that more and now I've noticed pretty much everything on your website is all sports based so clearly you've uh, uh, you know consciously or subconsciously you've realized that you show the type of work that you want <laughs> yeah absolutely and that's that's a huge tip as well uh, um just just every every illustrator i speak to or every designer i speak to is you've got to do that because otherwise you'll get work and you don't want to do if you start showing mm-hmm. logos for local bakeries you don't want to be doing local bakery logos then um it's, because i think it's because people see stuff similar see that you can do something similar uh, to what they're looking for and they come to you because they feel confidence in that you can do it so if you're just doing sports illustration or sports design or, or uh, branding around sports and a bakery comes and sees your work then like oh, i don't think it's gonna be the right fit for me so then they won't mm. go to you so it makes a lot of sense just to show the work that um yeah and also i guess it shows a bit of expertise in that that field as well uh show that you're willing just to just to just go into one thing um so you're yeah. really passionate about that yeah, it shows, it shows that expertise and that passion for it. Because, mm. um, well, as you know yourself, there there are a few people that I know that do sports-based graphic design work, but they're really established and it's hard to picture how you can become like that one day. But yeah, uh, why I like your story is I, I think it's a, a lot more relatable for listeners because like I said uh <laughs> I've I've been I've been it's been really fascinating watching you because like I said we we've, we've known each other since you've been at college and it's so cool to see that you've actually achieved that goal in a relatively short space of time yes <laughs> I think it's I think it was school to be honest I think you've known me a long long time and yeah I have yeah we've known each other for ages <laughs> it's no small part to you as well you've, you've helped me massively throughout this, this journey so I really do appreciate it Oh, you're welcome, Mark. You're welcome. Yeah. I, I think it'd be good going back through how you progress through uh, your work. So uh, when I first met you, I think even then you was working on Blue Deer Design, mm-hmm. if I remember right. Yeah. Would you mind talking through kind of your progression, how you started off with Blue Deer and how you progressed to to the point where you are today, where you basically reached your uh you know what you set out to do and i think that would be inspiring for people that, that that's listening yeah sure so uh it started off in school uh, with a little cricket magazine made on powerpoint uh and the cover made in microsoft paint uh <laughs> with, uh, <laughs> with really crudely cut out cricket players that i've stolen off the images i've stolen all the images off the internet um uh, yeah it's actually fun fact that the cricket club actually stole the uh i did some playing cards like i made my own little set of playing cards and the creek I, I went to the creek club had a meeting with them about potentially doing something for the club and um obviously i wasn't capable of doing it in those times doing the microsoft paint and powerpoint but they stole the idea and they didn't give me any credit for it at all they didn't give Aww. me to me a packet <laughs> i'm really gutted about that and then they started in their own magazine as well anyway that's another story uh, do, you want, do you want to know a fun fact from me on. one of my very right one of my very first jobs as a graphic designer i i had no graphic design experience but um they asked me to do some kind of illustration to see because they know that i was into art but i didn't have any of the skills behind it mm. they actually asked me to do um a, a drawing of one of the products being opened mm. and they asked me if i could do it on computer and the only software <laughs> that i know that i could do anything it was 
Microsoft Paint. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I can relate with that. Sorry, Mark, I'll let you carry on. He'll start some Microsoft Paint. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's uh, yes. Yeah, so it's from the from the cricket magazine. Started working uh, with um, small cricket about companies, and then it eventually evolved into businesses and. Um, and then smaller businesses and then a little bit bigger businesses and then um, a niche down. But to break throw that down a little bit, I think a good bit of advice is um, just message people on, on Instagram and Twitter and uh, even LinkedIn now as well. I, I, mean, I don't know I don't know much about LinkedIn, but um, I try to be on it and uh, get around it. But if you can really make a social media platform your home, um, and mine was Twitter in the early days, uh, and that's where I found you in as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and just started messaging uh, companies saying, can I do your can I do your next uh, project or can I do your next logo? And most of them will say yes if if they want to take advantage of you at an early age or uh, or if you you know if your work's good enough already. Um, so that's that's where it all started. Really. Yeah, just going through that, and then developing through college and school, and um, yeah, it just yeah it just grew, uh, it just grew a little bit. And then... so, so sorry, Mark. So when you say about contacting companies, are you contacting agencies, graphic designers, or are you reaching out to clients through social media? Yeah, good, good point. Uh, yeah, no, not not uh, agencies or designers. It's more um, more clients, uh, potential clients in small businesses that uh, could offer you could offer your services to. I mean, to be honest, looking back at it, it's probably uh, that I wasn't charging enough uh, money. It's probably why a lot of them took took me up on the job because I could get some cheap work out of it. But it's also a very valuable learning experience as well. So, you, I mean, I've just made a video actually to, to talk about it. You've got to start somewhere. Um, and, and it's good to get on the ladder, whether that's being taken advantage of or not, because at least it'd be a good story to tell them in, in, the, in the future. Yeah, yeah. I I'm, um, I started off in a similar way. A lot, a lot of the freelance-based graphic design work that I was doing, it was bands and stuff through myspace which is long before you was uh, even born that existed um but you know using these uh platforms to um to get some work and i i think you know in those early days because you're um you know you don't have that much experience i think the 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 the, the lower prices is kind of justified really and uh, i i think a lot of those clients early on i i giving you an opportunity like they're probably aware that you're not um you know that they're not going to get first class work but it's probably sufficient for what they need so i think that's the right thing to do is um early on you should be okay to um take on some of these smaller projects just to get um you know that experience working with clients and you know you then go up the ladder yeah it's not even uh, just giving them stuff I mean, it's helping you out as well i mean to be honest thinking about it, even to help out smaller football clubs these days for well yeah i probably shouldn't admit this but for free like you just yeah no it's good like, yeah just uh, there's a welsh, small welsh club which i've been doing all their program covers for because i needed to, to develop my illustration style and it, i mean yeah if you can get some money i obviously do charge and, and yeah and uh yeah get some get some uh, money behind you and in your pocket but um this, it's been amazing to to grow that and that's helped me get this job so it's obviously benefited me in a way um so if you can if you can help other people out whilst benefiting yourself and building up your portfolio and using that as, as work to pitch to other companies and bigger sports teams and um and definitely do. Mark, I, I think I think you you've really probably said something there that you think is probably a small thing, but actually I think it's a big deal. Yeah. Because you like you said, you set out on that goal to work for a major sports club and how do you get attracted by a major sports club is you need to do work that is relevant to them and the way that you've been able to do that by the sound of it is reaching out to local sports clubs and providing that support and if they're not willing to pay for it you've been doing it voluntarily so that you can create a case study and I think um I don't want to advocate free work because uh there's clients out there that will take advantage of you doing work for free but when it's beneficial to you like for you, you wanted it as portfolio pieces so that you could uh, show it to other people to get more of that type of work. I think that's the the best way to do it, Mark. I think you did the the, the right thing with that. And um, obviously those experiences allowed you to create a portfolio piece that you could show to other people. And, um, you know, sports club owners, they probably know other sports club owners and um, 
you know, you create that domino effect and yeah. it's worked for you. Exactly. I think there's, everyone can go about it different ways and everyone has their own story about doing free work or, or not doing free work. And I've, I've had arguments on Twitter with people. I've had discussions as well and, and good discussions about it. Um, and, and it's up to you. It's totally up to you whether you, whether you take it uh, or look at it in, in different ways. But it's hugely helped me. Um, and, and most of the work I've, I've had in my job interview for this job has, has been either pitch work or spec work or um, just work I've done for free on, or even just personal projects, just just to put on Instagram, just stuff that I've wanted to do and practice. Yeah, yeah, it's really good, and I like, like I said, I th- I do think that's the best way to go about doing it. Um, there's a lot of stuff online about do not work for free, <laughs> and I, there there's obviously situations where it doesn't make sense to, and you know that's typically, um, you know, instances where people are taking advantage of graphic designers mm-hmm. but they're not taking advantage of you mark you're giving them something that that is of value to them but it's probably of more value to you in the long run mm. because it's allowing you to reach your goals and and it's instances like that where i i, I think it's beneficial I think it was Paula Cher. She said that if you do that, then the client loses all right to have any control over it. I, I don't know how that worked in your case, but um, I, I think, yeah, I, I see nothing wrong with it, especially if it's for the type of thing that you wanted to do. That is actually quite a good point. If you're doing, if you are doing work for cheap or very or free, or uh, make sure that you. you do the work you want to do and not get dictated too much by the client. So, uh, with the program covers, I'm, I'm I said to them, you know, I'm doing this for free so I, I want complete control of the cover so <laughs> uh, I can I can make the design whatever I want it to be uh, obviously you've got to be reasonable we can't just draw you know uh, rude pictures on it but <laughs> you've got, you got to have um, yeah but yeah to not get dictated to too much if you've got to do free work and, and make it about your portfolio but yeah 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 one thing with your story you kind of brushed over the whole blue deer thing <laughs> when when did the blue deer brand come into the scene and and how has that helped you with everything that you've been been doing over the last uh what is it like five years or so yeah so it, it's funny as, as i've sort of leveled up uh, if it was a video game as i've leveled up i've called myself a different name each time so i started <laughs> off as mhgfx which was mark hyron's graphics uh which was sort of on the back of doing work around um, like Call of Duty clans and and just just people people in America my own age just playing games uh, and then when when I went to to some more businessy stuff uh, I call myself Blue Day Design um, and then that was sort of back end of school starting college so I would have been what seventeen eighteen and then. Uh, leveled up again and dropped the design. I remember having a good conversation with you on Twitter about that. Yeah, I drop the yeah. design, and uh, we talked about you know, the future of it, and um, it actually really sticks in my mind that conversation. Uh, yeah, I think I think I told you just call yourself Blue Deer. I, I think it's more to the point, and it's better for you. I think we even spoke about the logo at that point. I I, yeah. I remember you having something that just had antlers and i like mark just have a blue deer and and forget the rest and then you don't even need a word mark with with your um as your logo because a blue deer is enough for a company called blue deer (laughs) yeah i mean that that was it then it's probably the logo was probably nicked off shutterstock or 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 somewhere it was very i think it was very closely interpreted um back then and this was obviously starting out and that's that's what you do uh that's what people some people do starting out and you see something on the internet and you think, oh, that's awesome. I want to try and get something close to that. And you end up just pretty much ripping it off without realizing. Um, so, yeah, uh, then leveled up. So we dropped the design bit. Um, we were talking about being you know, being in the future and wanting to be next to like Pentagram and all these big design agencies. And, and I thought, yeah, Pentagram don't call themselves Pentagram Design. Let's call myself Blue Dit. Uh, <laughs> it's more diverse. And then, yeah, and then this year I uh, got the new job and uh, – dropped it all together and called myself Hiron's Creative uh, just for a bit of a change and I think it felt like the right time to, to move away from from all that stuff um, I know other companies have used Blue Deer Design so it's nice just to get something a bit more personal and something a bit well relating back to me and my name yeah yeah I, I found it interesting because um, I mean prior to this interview I didn't actually know that you did that it was just like yesterday um going through putting some questions together that I actually noticed that you changed it and I I found it interesting because I I remember when we spoke about 
because uh, for for listeners, me and Mark, we speak quite a lot. And there was a point where um, we were talking about what you want to do with it long term. And you were saying that you want to turn it into a team. You want to hire people. You had all these big ambitions. <laughs> um, and I, I know that you have collaborated with people. I've seen you do that. So it's it's not, it, it, you, I, I could see that that was potentially the way that it was going. But it's interesting, this change that you've done now, mm. you are implying that you're no longer you know going down that route of of building a an agency you are focusing on building your own personal brand is that the plan yeah I, I, i'll be honest at the moment um i'm not focused too much on my freelance work or uh or any doing any personal work with a with a nine-to-five and obviously it being my, my ideal job um i'm pretty much all focused on that right now and that was another reason to change the name and, and go to something else but um yeah, that. Yeah, I'm not sure where I'm going to take that in the future. But my, my real focus is on is on my own podcast and uh, on uh, yeah on on my own uh, job. Well, yeah, I think that's that's uh, it, it's actually quite nice to hear you say that because a lot of graphic designers aim to build their own agency or work for themselves and stuff like that. But it's it's quite nice to speak to someone that's set out a a goal to work for a, a company in this case a, um, a football club and be quite content mm. in, in that way uh, that's that was always uh, my personal plan I, I know now I am a full-time freelance but I, I don't think that ever needs to be the goal I, I think it's good to um, yeah. aim to be a graphic designer in-house within a team doing the type of work that you love and it's nice to see that you, you've taken that direction yeah, I think I think we're sort of living in a in a world where everyone wants to be an entrepreneur, and because um, it's portrayed, it's portrayed in a de- very different way to what it actually is. Uh, freelance mm-hmm. life is is like it's, it's, almost, it's almost portrayed as the dream that like you've made it. You can work for yourself, and you can do nothing all day and still earn money. And it's nothing like that, really. I mean, it's it's a lot of hard work, um, and yeah, it takes a lot of effort to get your name out there and build up the network and, and the contacts um, that you need to. Yeah, uh, even just your name in the local area. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's it's such a lot of effort. Um, and I just looking back, I can see where I didn't do it as much, and I can see what I've I've analysed it a little bit and see where I I could have improved and done better. But um, yeah, it, it's interesting to see how the goals have changed. But it's, for me, and, and a bit of advice for, for anyone listening is always have a name, always have an idea. It doesn't matter if it changes, but at least have a name because it means it means that you're on a track. It's, it means you're on, in a tunnel, ready to aim at something. I love, I love that. Yeah, well, you we've spoken about this a lot. I I like my long term goals. Um, you know, having that somewhere out there goal, but mm. that that goal can change. The, the 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 most important thing is that you are actively working towards that goal. So if you know for whatever reason it, it does change you then obviously start working towards that goal rather than the than the original one but yeah. um i think having something to work towards it helps you to make choices so like with you like you mentioned about doing that free work it wasn't just random free work it was free work for for a sports club yeah so spending that time on that project made it worth it for you it's, it's a bit like uh, deliberate practice and and testing things as well i mean i've done so many things that haven't worked out there's probably more things that haven't worked out than that have worked out but the the fact that you you keep trying stuff and you keep uh, testing stuff it means that um you know that doesn't work and it means that that's you know that's not a good route to go down so you've you sort of pinball machine you're, you're basically a pinball in a pinball machine bouncing around off different walls trying to trying to find your path and trying to get down the little hole between the between the two flappy things <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah analogy. i just yeah i just want to say uh, as well some thoughts my from myself with freelancing and working for a company working for a company is so much easier because obviously you go to work mm-hmm. nine till mm-hmm. five thirty or six or whatever you work and then you come home and your life is free and you get a guaranteed income um you get uh support you get training i mean if it's a good company you get support and you get training and um I, i'm sure um i mean we're obviously not able to say who the sports club is but i'm sure they're going to be 
supporting you and uh you'll be going to all the games and all sorts of stuff you're, you're gonna absolutely love it mark yeah i mean yeah, <laughs> yeah, i can't i can't every time i say it it's like oh, is this is this real and um yeah, okay, yeah, I don't really know what else to say. It's amazing. <laughs> but um, sorry, just to add to that, in comparison, freelance work, a lot of my time is spent trying to get money. So that that's always my focus is focus on sending over the invoices, sending over the contracts, making sure they get signed, chasing people to get the payments and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you need to act to be, be looking for clients. It's, I, I I I don't think freelance is necessarily the wonderful thing a lot of people uh, imagine it to be. You're basically running a business, but rather than um, you know having separate people doing your accounts, doing your sales, doing your uh, management account management and stuff like that, you are doing all of that. So actually, when you work freelance, probably like seventy percent of your work is not graphic design. <laughs> yeah, or fifty percent. You know, there's a a large volume of it that's that's uh, a lot more than um, uh, graphic design. So it's not. I, I don't think it's for everyone. Um, I think there's a lot of benefits to working for a company or, in your case, a, a sports club. Um, yeah it really you know that makes it yeah i, I think I, I i don't think it's a bad thing i think there's a lot of benefits to both sides of it yeah it, it's usually dependent on the person you are uh, and unfortunately the way you got to figure that out is by trying all those things so it started off by doing internships and, and work experience in design studios realized very quickly that i didn't work, want to work in a design studio um and, and you know even the parents and stuff saying i can't get a job in a design studio when i was trying to do it freelance and trying to make it for myself even though it was ridiculously harder a lot harder than working in a studio and learning from people it it, it was something that I preferred to do and then you, you sort of realize that after a while you know <laughs> that I didn't want to do that anymore and then you try something else and then you try something else and then you get fed up with it all and, and try and find a job which you like as <laughs> sort of the pinball machine of my life yeah and then you, mm-hmm. and then you get while we're on the topic of um you know getting that job how did you actually get how did that actually go happen because obviously you know we've spoken about um you focusing more on the niche of sports sports uh related work and um doing some voluntary work to build up your portfolio so you've got a body of work what was the actual thing that instigated that interview did did you contact them and just reach out to them or or did you find a job advertisement going or or did you network with someone and they connected you you to them how did that actually happen yeah uh, so I was was looking for jobs in sports and um, and trying to find somewhere it felt like the right time but uh, I I was just it wasn't even it wasn't even looking for 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 anything I wasn't even applying for a job advert it was someone messaged me on LinkedIn and I thought okay they they may have um, just found me and I'm not sure if this will go anywhere but uh, it's actually a recruitment agency, and they they specialising in uh, creative recruitment. They're actually called creative recruitment, um, and they just specialise in designers and illustrators and putting them into into nine to fives. And uh, yeah, they just messaged me out of the blue, and and then they said, "Oh, we've we've got a real good opportunity. We'd like to put you forward for it." Um, and and they did, and uh, they've actually they've got links with the club that I work for, um, and they actually appointed the guy I sit next to uh, in the same club. So. Yeah, they've got links with them, and then it just happens. I had, I had three interviews, and then it worked. They liked me. <laughs> I just want to take a short break to thank FreshBooks, who have sponsored this episode. As creatives, we like to spend our time designing logos and brand identities, but a lot of us spend more time than we'd like doing admin work, like creating invoices, chasing payments, logging expenses. And that's where FreshBooks can help you. It's an accounting software designed for creative professionals that will save you time. For example, you can create branded, professional-looking invoices in as little as 30 seconds. You can set up credit card payments right from those invoices too, meaning that your clients can pay faster. And when it comes around to tax time, you can export out tidy reports for expenses, invoice details, and sales tax to make working with an accountant really simple. 
Right now, I'm offering listeners of the Logo Geek podcast a free 30-day trial. To claim that, just head to freshbooks.com forward slash Logo Geek, making sure to enter Logo Geek in How Did You Hear About a section. Now let's get back to the interview. I haven't heard a story like that before, Mark. Normally, um, I mean, anytime I've needed to, to apply for a job, and to be fair, I haven't done that in a long time, and I'm sure listeners will feel this too. You spend loads of time looking online, applying, 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 contacting yeah. agencies, stuff like this. It's, it's a slog. But you sat there, they approached you out of the blue, put you up for it, done so what was you doing on linkedin so what i mean was you posting your work on linkedin or was there something about your profile did you add something to your profile to say that you wanted to work in sports yeah I mean, I, yeah i was applying for other stuff at the same time i mean um uh, how do they i think i should have asked this question I should have asked. <laughs> um but, you know i i'm not sure if this is a good answer or not but there might be something and I'm not sure what you guys believe or people listening believe, but I think there's something in the universe. Like if if you put enough effort into something, eventually it will reward you if, if you're going in the right direction, if, if the time's right. But to be more practical, I think, um, yeah, I was just posting about, I was posting about sports design. I was talking to sports designers. I was doing a, a podcast about sports design. I think it was all, all the signs were there. Like I wanted to be in this industry. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I probably couldn't have given a stronger sing- signal of someone saying uh, to someone to say hire me. Um, yeah, I'm I'm curious to know if um, I mean you probably don't know the answer to this, but if you search on LinkedIn for sports graphic designer, if you come up in the top few, yeah, I don't know the answer to that one because that yeah, it'd be interesting because if if you are posting on LinkedIn sports related graphic design content and sports related graphic design work and sports related podcast content all all that sort of stuff it makes sense that a a recruitment company there be going on linkedin the the way that they probably do it is to type in a few keywords like um graphic design sports and then they narrow it down by location you're probably in the right location you probably come up for sports related terms graphic designer probably the right age that they wanted mm. so the the recruitment company is like this guy is perfect put you put you down and obviously everything went from there and uh i don't know how many people you was up against in that interview but i doubt they've done everything that you've done mark i doubt they have that body of relevant work and um created that you know i i think the podcast content <laughs> you can hear you can see all the passion that you got towards that that subject so you've you've made yourself easy to find by posting on linkedin um posting on social media and also creating that content that all that content that you spent years doing and i remember at the beginning you was close to giving up and i'm like no no keep going it'd be worth it one day creating all that stuff i i i have no doubt that that's what it was that sparked that initial um inquiry that's that's a you made a really nice uh point there um about the 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 saying that uh, it'd be easy to find that's such an important thing for young people listening or anyone listening if people are going to find you you need to be easy to find you can't be on the fifth page of of linkedin or or something you know you need to work out i know know my seo is rubbish and i've talked to you before about seo done nothing about it but i know stuff like that and, and just being in the right circles talking to the right people making sure people know you, uh, networking. And uh, I was listening to someone else talk about networking and, and I only just realized that what I was doing through the podcast was uh, putting myself uh, in a position uh, to network and talk to people. But by doing so, I was also doing the podcast. I was also building an audience and uh, people listening and bringing people value as well. And I mean, it wasn't, I, I didn't realize that I was sort of networking at the same time until a few months ago when I heard this, someone else talk about it. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's, what well, it is you just got to be talking to everyone and trying to learn the most you can um, well, yeah i mean that's that's what a lot of these things boil down to it, even um it doesn't matter who it is whether you're a business whether you're a, a freelancer someone looking for a job looking for work you only get those opportunities if people can find you 
you know, so they'll be looking for someone and, and the way that they're going to look, they're either going to use a search engine. In that case, it was LinkedIn's search engine, or they're going to use something like Google, or they're going to use YouTube, or they're going to use, um, uh, like iTunes or, uh, there's endless search engines out there, or they might ask a friend and they might go, do you know anyone that can do this? And so what that means is you need to proactively connect with people, network with people and stuff like that. And uh, this actually leads on nicely to the, the kind of next set of questions I, I, I did have for you because you are one of the best um, examples I know of someone that networks like hell. And like I said, you probably don't realize that you're doing it because when people think about networking, they think, you know, going to a networking event, wearing a suit and taking a pack of business cards. But it's not like that. You, you're making friends, but you're really good at that. Would you mind giving some tips as to how you network, whether you felt like you've networked or not? Yeah, uh best tip go and ask dave clayton uh <laughs> no he, uh, he's yeah he's someone i've learned a lot of, of sort of advice from but and just just followed um he's not yeah so he, basically basically just you've got to be passionate about it you've got to want to do it and i've tried networking events and i've tried other things like that um and it's just felt really fake it's just felt it's it's, it's been horrible to be honest it's not a good environment it's not a real environment it just things it feels like people just there to talk about themselves and you've got to be interested in the other people that you're speaking to as well. Or you can't just be there to try and get a sale. I mean, it's so much easier to network with other designers and, and within your own community because you're all passionate about a, a similar topic. Uh, but if you, yeah, so it's, it's so different between client networking with clients and trying to get clients and then, um, and then, and then networking with other designers because you know, you've got so much in common with other designers. So it's, it's completely different, but I mean to give to give some really practical advice. Just if you're trying to network with other designers and other creatives, just you've got to message them and um, just you know find a bit of work you really like of theirs and say like, I love your work. Uh, I'd love to have a 15 minute chat with you or, or just like a quick chat to give any advice you've got for me. And um, I'm just starting out in the industry and just explain your situation and just say hi. Um, but yeah, be honest about it all. And if you don't like their work, don't message them. Uh, it's just stuff like that, and then uh, with clients, I guess it would be uh, it'd be similar, but uh, just explaining that you can help them out um, and what they can get, make it focused on on what you can give them rather than uh, what you can get from them. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. I I think with you, Mark, you've done a lot of networking without realizing it was networking. <laughs> yeah. Um, just because there's that, like I said, there you picture something when you think of networking, and um, uh, there are actual networking events that are called networking events, and and generally, my experience with them, people that go to them, they're going there because they want a job or they want clients. Mm. but everyone is there doing the same thing mm. and I, I don't think um, a lot of people going there realize that 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 no one's actually willing to buy anything or, or do anything they're just going there because they want something from everybody and what you've done uh with within the graphic design space anyway I'm not sure how you've been doing it with clients but what you've done with other graphic designers you're you're making friends and I think people forget that that's what networking is yeah. it's just knowing other people yeah it's so <laughs> important because uh, and a lot of young people don't realize this if you make friends with other designers you may just get work from the other designers um they can give you work too if, if you know if they've got projects that they can't take on or they they you know, don't have enough time or, or there's not enough money for them if you're a younger designer and you've got enough talent then you're going to be handed projects by your friends and it is, it is just about making friends and being honest that is that's the key to it really yeah. And I think having, um, uh, sorry to keep going back to this, but having that goal yeah, yeah, and, and telling people what that is, you, you never know. I mean, you've, you've reached your, your goal now, but you never know, like once you're in that circle and, and you, uh, maybe you made a friend with a graphic designer that also works in that sports mm. thing, they might be able to connect you with someone or, um, point you in the right direction or whatever, because they're aware of what that is. So yeah, making friends, treating that ne treat networking forget forget the word networking make friends with as many people as you can and be be 
I, I think you have to let people know what you, what you want to achieve. I think that's one of the important things. You can't just make friends with someone and just go to the pub with them every night and never talk about work. I think you, you need to make them aware of, of what you can do and, and let them know that you can help or with other graphic designers, you know, let, let them know, you know, can you offer me any advice or anything like that? Then, um, and, and that's what you've been doing. That's, that's where it works. Yeah. Especially if you, if you want to make it about work, if you want to get, um, yeah, recommendations or, or yeah. Cause it, you know, you can just have friends <laughs> inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. Need to, yeah. You know, do it. And that's the best thing as well. You, you you shouldn't go into it wanting to get something in return. I can't stress this enough. There's so many people out there, similar situations to, to me when I was messaging people and, and trying to build up a little bit of a name. It's, they message people asking for stuff in return, and it's it's so important to just just go out there and and appreciate you know, building up the connections and them giving you the time already just to message you back. Uh, you've got to be really honest. You've got to be really honest about yourself and and um, do a lot of searching of what you like and what you enjoy because that'll make it a lot easier as well obviously sports was the thing to me for me um networking well if you want to use that word again uh, chatting with sports designers and illustrators was easy because it's something i was passionate about and if you're if you're really into disney or really into uh, cartoons then finding someone that does comic book illustrations or or disney characters characters then you know go and chat with them and enjoy learning about it and then see what comes from it mm-hmm. well i wouldn't mind talking about your podcast as well because uh, that's that's how we originally yeah. met each other i remember you reached out to me <laughs> i think i might have been your first guest mark yeah you've done like 171 episodes now which is <laughs> insane um but yeah you are really um you've worked really hard on that you work what are you, have you have you actually been releasing an episode every single week now for Yes. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, there's a couple of weeks we've sort of missed, and then we've made it up with other weeks having two or stupidly three, four episodes. Um, uh, but yeah, you were. So I did a podcast before the podcast, um, which was called the Design Hustle Podcast, which was. Uh, uh, yeah. Was <laughs> interesting. <laughs> um, which does make a little bit of sense. It's probably better than the Creative Waffle Podcast. But anyway, uh, yes, yeah, you were the first ever guest, the first ever person I spoke to. And. I, can't, I don't want to look back at it now because it must be horrific. <laughs> um, I'm sorry about that. Um, I mean, yeah, we've made a good friendship of it. So that's I'm glad that's come of it. But uh, yeah, I, mean, I found um, I found a, a video episode uh, of me talking, just trying to break down a rebrand, talking about stuff that I've got no idea what I'm on about when I was uh, back in 2016, so four years ago. And uh, I just cringed so much at it. But it shows it shows how much progression I've made. Uh, why why was why was you doing that at that time? Because uh, I mean, I'm I'm going to be straight up honest with mm. listeners. I mean, obviously, I've got um, I've got reasons for doing a podcast. Like, I want to speak to my heroes and uh, friends and stuff like that. But I've got a sponsor, so I've got a, a monetary uh, benefit to to doing uh yeah. the the show um i mean there's loads of benefits to doing it but why why was you doing it at, at that time what's kind of driven you to keep uh recording podcast after podcast after podcast doing videos and all sorts of stuff you've been doing loads of stuff mark yeah so go, going back to the original theme of having a goal i mean the goal has changed for the podcast hugely over the years um and, and now i finally feel like uh, we've got well I say we because I've just brought uh, Hannah on who's an American uh, female designer and she's awesome she's about to graduate university in America um, so we've finally got a plan and an actual direction for the podcast an actual after three years of doing it we've got like an actual an actual plan and I've, I've got uh, notes tons and tons of notes up on my board on my wall here but anyway um, the, the yeah, I think it was just to learn originally that was the original goal actually no that's a lie the original original goal was to build up uh, be this massive internet star a massive design influencer which really ch- quickly changed um because uh, I, I realized that that's a silly goal to have um to be an influencer that's just just not something that i was interested in and a lot of people uh, shouldn't be interested in so yeah uh that changed to um to wanting to sort of help out people and also just learn myself as well then I mean, that's been the biggest driver for the for the podcast is to grow my own knowledge of design and, and talk about it in a more confident way and um, 
be a better designer, be a better thought, a thinker and communicator. And yeah, there's so many personal benefits to this podcast and I definitely wouldn't be where I am without it. I, th- I I love that you recognize that early on because I think a lot of people <laughs> when they start doing these things they do it because they want to be some famous big superstar yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. and um, I mean to some degree I, I had that one of those goals early on I wanted to win awards and yeah. I wanted to be like a key speaker and all this sort of stuff but <laughs> I've I've been fortunate enough that I have actually had my work featured in books and I have had those spreads in magazines and um you know featured on a number of podcasts now I have done what I set out to do but I, I tell you what Mark and I know we've spoken about this before with those magazines I don't know what you imagine I think you imagine that everyone's going to put you on a pedestal and they're all cheering and they're like, Mark, 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 you know. Uh, but the reality is you, you get the the magazine, it comes through. You're like, oh, yeah, that was cool. You, you show your friends and they're like, oh, yeah, well done. After that, you fold up, you stick it on your shelf and you just carry on. Yeah. It's not very, it's not as fulfilling as you would imagine it to be because you you just reach that point and then it's like, now what? And I've spoken to people like Will Patterson and he's he's kind of hit that same point as well. It's it's like now what? I, I think you need a larger um goal beyond that. And having that larger goal is what ultimately um turns you into that influencer. Like no influencer set out to be an influencer. They set out to help people. Well, you learned that from a really young age. And I think that's why um, uh, why you're able to just keep going with everything because the purpose for doing it has changed. I mean, I'm yeah, I, I wouldn't I hope I'm not, I hope you're not calling me an influencer here because I don't like the term anyway. <laughs> no, no. Um, um, I don't like it either. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't even want, I don't want to be one. I, I'd rather call the people on the podcast because that's, that's really who's, if you want to say influencing me, the people on the podcast and hopefully they're influencing the guest and they're giving advice to the guest and they're the ones that are sharing the knowledge um, to the, to the people listening. And that's, that's what it's all about is, is sharing knowledge in the community and what I'm trying to do now with the podcast and, um, and everything is built up this massive bank of, of advice and, and blog posts and um, just this, this hub where people can, young designers, especially in, in graduates and students can come over and watch it all and, and learn from that as an online resource that's that's the the whole aim now is, is to build the biggest online resource for young creatives uh, that's a real honest direct uh guide to, to starting out in the industry yeah i it's it's a, another interesting thing with what you've been doing as well and and you're one person that does it really well is um I mean, you, you read all this advice. I know you're a Gary Vee fan as well. You met him as well. <laughs> they talk about create content, create content, create content, all this sort of stuff. Yeah. And and what people do is they're, well, what, what most young designers do, most young designers I know, friends, uh, all, everyone does it. They watch someone like Christo, they read a few books <laughs> and they never works a day in their life. They just, you know, fiddled about with photoshop or whatever but what they start doing from day one the moment that they go on camera or the moment that they record some content they start giving advice (laughs) and the advice is not their advice it's it's advice they've heard someone else say and they're just spouting out the same old stuff that's got no experience behind it nothing you know it's 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 very false and um you know, when, when you're a few years into it, I mean, you're probably seeing it now. You'll be seeing 16-year-olds regurgitating all this advice that they've heard from uh, people like uh, Christo. And they'll just be repeating it. It's like it's it's uh, it's not beneficial to anyone. It's liquidated down information and you have absolutely no experience to back it up. Yeah. But where I'm going with this, you're different. Every single thing that you do is from your perspective what you're learning right now and the lessons that you've learned and it's nice like it's 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 so fresh to watch i, I really enjoy watching your content because it's it's real it's it's honest it's open and uh i think that's that's one of the things that sets you apart and it was probably the one of the reasons why i was able to get a job at a major sports club so quickly because 
you're not fake you're just you and I don't know if you learned that from somewhere but everything that you're putting out is very genuine and very true and I think that's gonna um make you the influencer that you don't want to be in 20 years time 30 years time you're gonna be I I'd like to think that you'll be that person that a lot of people look up to and are inspired by because everything that you share is based on your own personal experiences well I'd, I'd like the I'd like the podcast to be the thing that people look up to and and all the people on that and helping me out by giving an hour or, or two hours or however long they've been on the podcast or their time I like I like them to be the people that people are learning from obviously um and that's I would be lying as well if I said I hadn't done that in the past. I'm sure if I look back at my old videos that are privated now on YouTube, uh, that I've, that I haven't, that I've, I've done, I've done this. I've, I've looked at read brands and read literally what it says on design, uh, design news websites. And I'm pretty sure I've done that in the past. I mean, I definitely, I know I've done that in the past. Um, hmm. but now oh, I have too. I mean, I, I think <laughs> a lot of us do it, but some people keep doing it and it's, it's frustrating to watch when you're more experienced because it's so fake. Yeah, it's it's like I said, um, I mean, some people can do this for years, but for, for for a long time, you only did that for a short period of time. But most of the time you've been very true and very genuine and yeah. uh, all of that. Everything that you're sharing is from you and it's not it's lessons that you've learned yourself. It's from your experiences. And I think that will make it a lot more relatable, especially for younger designers just starting out. Yeah, I, th- I think I'd. I picked that up from from someone I was listening to. Uh, it was Gary V. Um, but the, I think the, one of the biggest things as well. I'm, I'm, I'm a huge believer in, in that. And if you like it, I don't know if you, if, if you believe in it or not. It's, it's true in my mind that you're the um, you're the uh, cumulative person of the five people that you spend the most time around, or, or the five people that you listen to the most. I've I've mm-hmm. got six people on my wall. A picture of six people on my wall that have uh, impacted my my mind and my brain and my thoughts my thinking and my mentality so 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 much um i mean aaron draplin gary v uh, joe rogan jocko willink uh jordan peterson and uh, conor mcgregor which is unfortunately uh, at the moment he's done a few naughty things but um yeah just the mentality of it and each each one's different and if you pick certain parts of different people and they, you know i've never met anyone any okay i've met two of those but not i don't know them on a personal level um so yeah it, it's learning from people online and, and really being take taking things that you like about certain people and in, in trying to in, in involve them in your own life and that was one of the things is, is being honest and learn that from traveling hugely being honest and open just being you there's nothing wrong with that yeah it's really it's really good mark and it's nice to know that you've got those um key figures worked out who you want to be like so i've heard that saying as well and uh, generally people imagine that it's uh you know the people that you hang around with I mean it kind of is but um things like listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and um you know having conversations online those I think that all plays part of that and you know those people that you listen to they influence you quite significantly and um you know they stay you in the in the direction that you want to go and it's nice um, I think that's an inspiring way to to approach it is to actually picture those figures and uh, follow those people and look up to them. I've done that myself with a lot of people, you know, reading, um, you know, books, their autobiographies and mm-hmm. watching Draplin's one, one of the people that I've uh, looked up to a lot. And I've probably watched everything that he's done. And uh, I know you've met him as well. At, at the same time, we've we've been able to meet him and speak with him. And uh, uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's it's nice that we're fortunate that in the graphic design space, anyway, you can actually do that. And uh, yes, yeah, I th- I think it's good to look up to these people and learn from them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's important to to have people that like that. I mean. Yeah, so it depends who you listen to, because I think I've listened to more advice and, and knowledge from those six people than my parents have the last three, four years. Uh, it, it can really, yeah, it really does depend on who you're listening to and what advice you're, you're taking on board. I mean, try and listen to all of it, because there's, there's a good point that Jordan Peterson made is uh, assume the person you're talking to knows more than you. And that's such an important, important, valid point. Um because you know, that means you're listening to everyone. That means you're listening to all the advice. But you don't have to take it on. If it's really bad advice, then you don't have to take it on. You just 
be polite, yeah. listen to it and appreciate them sharing their words. Yeah, it's a nice way to think about it. Well, Mark, we've nearly done an hour, so I'm going to throw one last question about out to you. <laughs> I know you created an event, so you've done your Creative Waffle podcast for a long time. And last year you created an event. And I think for you, that was like a pinnacle moment in your life. Like uh, all that work of connecting with all those people, um, all the friends that you've made, pulling them all together and creating that that event. Would do you want to close off the interview talking about what you've done with with that live event? Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, yeah, the Creative Awful uh, Life event was based around the podcast, and it was also almost like a celebration of of the, of the show, um, bringing people together uh, for for one night sort of event of talks, evening of talks, and um, Q and A and questions, and just just a celebration of all the hard work that we've put in for the last three years. Um, and all the people that have been on the podcast and the advice. So, so yeah, and, and we're planning, planning to do more of them as well. I mean, it's something that I, I love. I love going to design conferences and events and to have something under my own name um, or, or the podcast name is, is always been one of those goals. And when I ticked it off, it's a huge relief. And, and now we just, you know, you just sort of try and build on that. You just try and build on, on what you've done. And, yeah, so now we're planning to do another one, more up uh, outside London near your way in. Um so this year hopefully if the coronavirus goes away but um yeah i'll be there i'll be there if if we can i'll be there yeah. <laughs> so yeah that's that's the plan um but yeah it's, it's it's just been a huge learning experience and and that was well this year's one's definitely going to be more planned than, than last year's event <laughs> yeah was there any like things that got in the way or any lessons that you learned from from doing that because i well, I know myself, I've I've helped create events. I've never run one myself and I know it's a huge task, but you, but you kind of went, you just jumped in at the deep end and just created it. Was there any like massive lessons that you've learned or any big mistakes that you've learned from by doing that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Don't try and do it without any money because um, you'll feel guilty forever for not paying, paying your friends to come speak. Um, and yeah, one of the one of the biggest things is to, to go out and, and just try it, uh, like the pinball machine effect. Just if it doesn't work, if it if it didn't work, if five people showed up, then we would have just gone to the pub and had a chat. So you know, it's it doesn't matter if it doesn't work, and that was one of the things I learned. Uh, luckily, it sort of did work out. Um, but yeah, just I think it's just trying things. Um, just yeah. <laughs> I don't know. yeah no it's good uh, like like i said you know when you start out you obviously had that dream and we started off at the beginning with the goal setting i think goals uh, can be seen as dreams but the, the the difference with a dream with a goal versus a dream is that you can actually work towards it and, and reach it and i think you did that with the uh with with the events as well and um yeah like you said you know first time you're obviously going to make some mistakes but then you learn from that and with the next one you'll you won't make those same mistakes again but you'll probably learn some more lessons and if you keep going the way that you are mark that creative waffle event live event um or whatever you end up calling it i, I think it'd be a, a a big thing and it'd be well known and it'd be a successful event so keep going as you are i think it's uh, it's it's been nice knowing you and, and watching you progress I mean, you're still, I don't know how old you are now, but you're still young. You're still 22. In your early yeah, you're still 22. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been nice watching you grow and progress. And I'm hoping this um, this podcast and, and your story will be inspiring to um, uh, people of all ages. Um, because your podcast, Mark, you inspired me to do my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I ever told you that, but yeah, I remember seeing you get on on people like draplin it's like if you can get draplin i can get draplin you know things like that yeah. and it just it kind of gave me the kick like ah oh, you know if this 20 year old kid's doing this i i can do this too and um i'm sure you know if people aren't already aware of you they're hopefully look at what you're doing and think oh damn this this kid's doing some epic stuff i need to do this too and um I think you're probably more of an influencer long term than what you probably realise. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, don't get too competitive. Because that's one thing I've, my problem I've had, and, and I'm trying to get better at it, is not get too competitive with other people. It's um, no, it's just keep going as you are, Mark. Just keep working away, and um, 
aiming towards your goals don't worry about other people yeah. focus on what you're doing and uh, okay. keep going as you are it's easy to say that <laughs> yeah 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 but i i, I know I, I think you've been keeping an eye, eye on your own goals and dreams and ambitions because you've you've done it mark i mean look at you you've got what 171 podcast episodes now which is crazy mm. you work for a major league leagues football club now and um yeah you've got your podcast channel you spoke to all the big names in the industry i mean you you so you've interviewed Sagmeister <laughs> and 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 uh uh Paula Cher and and Draplin and a lot of these big names that I've emailed them I haven't been able to get a yes I don't know what you did but you've done a lot already in your um in your life and I think it's it's inspiring and I'm looking forward to seeing where you take everything in like the next five years or so that's that's very kind yeah i feel like that's it now i'm ready to go (laughs) (laughs) cool thanks mark i think that's probably the uh, good point to wrap up the interview but thanks so much for coming on no thank you very much i really appreciate it if you enjoyed this interview let myself and mark know by giving us a shout out on social media why not take a photo of where you are in the world and let us know that you're listening i absolutely love to hear from listeners and i know that mark will really appreciate that too if you want to learn more about mark hirons head to his website creativewaffle.club or hironscreative.com Alternatively, check out the show notes for this episode where I'll link to Mark's website, social profiles, links to any books and resources mentioned in this interview, as well as a full transcription too. To find the show notes, head to logogeek.uk forward slash 74. Again, to find the show notes for this week's episode, head to logogeek.uk forward slash 74. If you're keen to discuss anything mentioned in this interview with me, Mark, and almost 8,000 other logo designers from around the world, join the Logo Geek community on Facebook. It's totally free to join and it's incredibly active, meaning that you'll get your questions answered, the feedback you want, and the support that you need to grow as a designer. To find out, just head to logogeek.uk forward slash community or do a search on Facebook for the Logo Geek community. On top of that, if you'd like to jump on group video calls with me and a handful of other professional designers every two weeks, you can do that by joining Logo Geek Plus. It's currently only $10 a month, and for that you'll get access to a private forum, Slack group, as well as all recordings from previous sessions too. If that's of interest, head to community.logogeek.uk and when you first sign up, I will also send you a Logo Geek enamel pin badge too, which is not available any other way. So that's it for this week, but I'll see you the same time next week for another exciting episode of the Logo Geek podcast. <laughs>